0: This is the Unscripted Podcast. And we are live. What's happening? What's up, brother? Long time no see. Long time no see. Appreciate you uh, going to bat for me all the time.
1: Hey, man. I told the the church Sunday that um, you know, a couple of us got together and ate Friday night and you were sick and then... You know, there was a collective gasp Saturday morning. It's like, I ain't feeling good. Mm -hmm. So you had to go do the check. And I told everybody Sunday, I was like, it's okay. Bob's just regular sick.
0: Yeah, everybody said, "Hey, it's good to know that you're just regular sick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I told him. I said, "It's okay. It's still good to be regular sick, but, but uh, I'm glad to, to be
0: back with you yep. today." Yep. Social distance. Social um, distance. Yeah. So the the flu is still alive. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, uh, so what's so? I guess everybody's probably wondering what uh what this is and who this is so we might as well go ahead and uh introduce yeah so we're
1: doing this disciples series about discipleship and what does it kind of mean to us and i can't think of a uh better authority especially with regards to the cultural aspect of what we would sometimes doesn't quite bubble up to us in the new testament than this guy right here and this is brother gary bennett gary you on the line with us
2: yes sir i am
1: Brother Gary Bennett joins us from Dodge City, Kansas, where he preaches for the it's the Dodge city church,
0: right Brother Gary? no, yes sir, oh, I thought
2: <laughs> I thought you were in Missouri No, nah, that's where my wife hail's from oh okay,
1: yeah well the uh does she preach over there, Gary <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, nah, she just preaches to me,
1: <laughs> hey, I got one of those two. They went to the same preaching school then hey. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm thankful to
1: have her. Amen. Amen. So um, let's go ahead and dive in, Bob. The, yeah, that's uh, fine. The, uh You know, today, Gary, um, you know, I I got to know one of the, the things that impressed me so quickly with Gary. You know, I'm a big history buff, mm-hmm. right? And so about how many years you've been speaking over there at PTP, Gary?
2: I think five or six years.
1: Yeah, and I don't remember what year it was, the first year. But anyways, the first year that I saw Gary over there, he did this, um, uh, and I don't remember if you called it the fifth gospel. What, how, how do you phrase that, Gary? What do you call that? This, this? it was
2: just it was just a cultural insight, uh, land and culture of Jesus Messiah. But it was entitled.
1: Yeah, and and so that just, I mean, it just struck home with me. And Gary's got such awesome lessons that he does about this that I have to dissect his and segment them from everybody else. So I I pull them aside so I can listen to five minutes at a time and think about all the ramifications of of this cultural stuff. And so when we started talking about discipleship, I couldn't think of a better person to come and help us with it than Brother Gary talk about
0: it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Gary, uh, just a little insight for you. You may or may not know this, but. Uh, but so for for Chris, like you are the only guy, the only preacher. Sorry to you other preachers, but you're the only guy, only preacher who Chris has his own designated file on his desktop. <laughs> to uh to pay attention to all your sermons to have all of them documented he's got all of mine documented on one napkin (laughs) the ones that are worth it yeah but i save them i laminated them though (laughs) okay bob did uh okay let's write this one on the napkin well it's still it's still got it's
1: still cataloged. yeah haven't you seen the sheet sermons gary you ever seen the old preachers preach those sheet sermons
2: yes i have hundreds of them yeah so what's (laughs)
1: wrong with the napkin sermon right
2: there's nothing uh nothing at all and i'm you know you talked about having that sermons of mine on the file system i hope you go through and check every verse and everything to make sure it's right because my wife has told me over and over again i do make mistakes
1: amen yeah, well amen we all do I, yeah sometimes i get moses building the ark so don't feel bad
0: <laughs> yeah we'll all fact check so gary we thank you for joining us uh thanks for everybody joining in the unscripted podcast and we do have our guest all the way from kansas man uh, we we feel we feel honored. So, um, so Gary, My we privilege. just yeah, we just want to dive into uh to a little bit of discipleship. So, I guess I want to ask you some questions and things. And so maybe you can, uh, everybody kind of understands that discipleship. We kind of talked a little bit about it last week. Um, just you know, it's it's a follower, it's a learner, it's a it's certainly a, a. What did you say about it, Chris? It was uh. Uh, was it real smart yes it was very oh smart. then i
1: said it then i just don't remember what it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: but but it, it comes uh you were talking about the greek word for discipleship
1: oh did i say that yes. gary what's the greek word do you
2: know it uh oh uh, matthias, uh, matthias. Yeah, Ma-
0: Methodus. yeah yeah and uh, uh matthias and so Anyways, when you when you look at that, when you look at the word, what, people kind of understand. Okay, I'm a follower of Jesus, but what we want to get from you today, and for our listeners, is is we want we want ha- you to help us kind of with um, with some things about it. And so, maybe, where did it come from? Yeah, where you did know, it come from? You to know, begin where, with you know, culturally. The,
1: yeah, the, it's a it's a New Testament word. You know, I mean, certainly by definition there was a lot of disciples in the Old Testament, you know, with regards to things like, you know, Elijah and Elijah, right? Those were a disciple scenario. I mean, well, they had called the school of the prophets. That's right. And or Elijah and Samuel. I mean, not Elijah and Samuel. Eli and um Samuel. You know, certainly that was a a discipling type scenario and and uh, apparently Eli took that very um you know, he took that very. He saw that as a significant thing, and not as much as he did with his boys. I mean, you know, look at how terrible his boys were. But he spent the time with Samuel. So, you know, and it, and it may have been his mama's, some of his mama's influence or whatever. But, but certainly, disciple is not an Old Testament word. The 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 kind of the principle is there, but we don't really see the word coming out. You know, until the New Testament, and it becomes a, it becomes such a synonymous term with Christians that the the. Luke, through inspired pen would say that the disciples were first called christians at antioch and so you know it's so tell us gary where does the evolution where does the word come from where does how do we get the word disciple
2: well one of the things we need to pay attention to and know and i'm sure you've already covered this but you know we're told to go out and make disciples uh we're not told to go out and make christians and I think sometimes by losing the concept of what a disciple is, and you know, a disciple was a learner, but a disciple was one that who gave their life over to the rabbi.
1: What does that mean?
2: When a rabbi, you know, let me, uh, when a rabbi, you go back before Jesus, Jesus Messiah, you have it being used. Uh, and RAV, uh, R-A-V, would mean great. Okay. Uh In and Hebrew. It was used for a, la- a, land o- a landowner oh. or a person of great esteem. They would take and they would refer to them as Rob. Okay. Uh, That's where you get Robert <laughs>
0: from. Robert.
2: R-A-V. Yeah, great. Uh, R-O-V. Only when, you, on, only when you put RAV. A double V on it it becomes a B okay and so before the first century Rob or rabbi which would be a great one was referred primarily to someone who was a master a landowner when you apply it and see it used in the first century is also started including those who were teachers now not just teaching but it was those who would have influence over another.
1: So why did it take that evolution for? I mean, like, how did it come? Is it just because of the esteem of the position of a teacher? Is that where it come from?
2: At that point. As a matter of fact, if you look at uh, early American history, even in British history, people who were preachers and teachers were people who were highly educated and highly respected And so it was a matter of saying, you know, I recognize you as an authority. I recognize your position. Now, it's not like what some people do today when they would call you Reverend Chris. Right. It's not title as such. It was not used as a title. Okay. As such. It was used as a description. Okay. And so we have in the New Testament, was it 30 times, 30 or 31 times, we have the word teacher used instead of rabbi and other times the word teacher is translated rabbi is it the same but word the rabbi I'm sorry
1: is it the same word like when Nicodemus comes to him or, or you know one of the Pharisees or the, or one of the lawyers would come to Jesus is it, the, is it the same word they use there like when teacher I know that you're a work you know I know that you're from God or, or you know these type of things it's yeah, the same rabbi,
0: word. we know you're a teacher from God. That's what John right. 32
2: says
1: yeah
2: right and but the, the the term rabbi carries with it a sense of preeminence, a sense of honor, a sense of entitlement to what is being said or what the person has to say.
1: So it's a credentialization, so, basically, right? It, like, and it is. Like we say, and Gary Bennett, Ph.D., or something like that. Then we're doing that for a credentializing.
2: And there's where, you know, when Jesus says, don't be called rabbi, Why? We're not seeking the preeminence or the recognition of ourselves, but we want to bring glory to oh, God.
1: Okay, that makes sense then, because because when they said that, they they are formally recognizing Jesus. Then, so that's why he's now that makes sense, doesn't it, Bob? When and so when
2: mm-hmm. when it, Jesus tells them to go make disciples, now understand, a disciple is one who patterns himself after he has surrendered himself to an apostle to a rabbi. And Jesus is referred to as rabbi. Matter of fact, did you know that that is the top identifier used for Jesus in the New Testament? Wow, that's the interesting.
0: Rabbi. I didn't know that.
1: I do now.
2: And and so for the rabbi, where you would gift yourself to him, the only thing that was not expected of a student, and that would be a, a Talmud, which is, is the singular form. Talmudin is a plural form of disciple in Hebrew. And so... When you became a Talmud of a rabbi, the only thing that you were not expected to do was take off his shoes. Mm. Everything else, you were expected to be there to wait on him, to care for him, because you were learning from him not only his verbal teaching, but you were learning how he responded to situations uh, in the world, situations in people in confrontation. How he would answer, not only what he would answer, but how would he respond?
0: Yeah, so, I think I think he I think it's so important today too. Is not just is it sometimes it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. And so for for people to understand, for people to understand, um, you know how Jesus did things. Uh, that's so important for us today too to realize it's not just about what Jesus says. Or it's not just about presenting the gospel to people. But also it it entails like, hey, how am I going to go about doing this? How am I going to deal with the situation? How am I going to, uh, you know, just seeing that Jesus had so much compassion on people was, uh, and, and the ways that he did things, the way he responded whenever they brought the woman caught in an act of adultery, you know, how is he going to deal with this? Well, teaching-wise, on both sides, he didn't want to go against the law, you right. know. But how does he deal with it? Well, he stoops down and, you know, draws on the – the, the sand, of course, we can that that's a whole other lesson, but
1: so is that is that why you see it's so much of a bubble up of like Jesus giving his disciples kind of orders, you know, like when they're feeding the thousands, you know. Take and divide them amongst them, or or go find go go see a man in the city who's uh, got a, da- a cult who's uh, yeah. never uh, never been set on before. Is it so that's that makes a little bit more sense then of why Jesus is kind of barking orders. It would it would seem it's not because he's the leader. It's because that was what they would have expected him to be doing for him, right? Doing towards him.
2: That, that's it because you know notice when Jesus teaches, how many times does he teach? start off by asking questions in almost every period of Hmm. confrontation how does he respond but with a question why that's the way rabbis teach okay they check your understanding ask you a question and then they develop your understanding that's Uh, why i
0: ask you so many questions chris (laughs) that's why i can't answer any of them (laughs) Check your understanding at the door. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is great, Gary, and I, I I, was, I really appreciate you bringing that up about Rabbi. I really ne- never studied the word. Just looking at the at the Strong's word of it, it's, it's translated. And you're just talking about my great one, my honorable sir. It's also translated master or Christ nine times. Um, you look at uh, you know, Christ. Or sorry, rabbi in the Christ form would be five times, and then just regular rabbi three times. So you look at the master and the Christ. That's you. You talking about that? That's Christ highest honor. That 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 makes a lot of sense. That's that's very interesting. So
1: is they, it? Go ahead.
0: I'm sorry.
2: A Talmud, a, a, a disciple. His number one passion is to be like his rabbi. He wants to be okay. There is a, a preacher that I had, I, I've known, and he was a teacher of mine in preaching school. His name was Hardeman Nichols. Mm-hmm. Brother Hardeman Nichols is what I would call as a preacher's preacher. He was always kind, compassionate, yet he knew the Word of God. He knew how to de- uh, proclaim it, declare it, and I held him up as my mentor because I wanted to be like him. He was always so kind and approachable, and yet at the same time, if you looked at him, you'd think the only thing he knew would be the black-covered edition of the King James Bible. <laughs> but he could talk to you uh, about the different translations. I remember one time for our Acts class, we had like 180-some verses of memory we had to learn, and some of the students, whoa, that's a lot. But he said, okay, if you want to come quote them to me. I will accept that instead of you having to write them all down on the final. At break time, people started coming to him and started wanting to quote the scriptures to him. But he had to—he stopped him. And says, "Wait," he says, "I want to know where the capitals are and where the punctuation is too, wow. because that's important." Yeah. And so, from his own memory, so I wanted to pattern myself after him.
0: Wow!
2: Because he was what I considered to be a. My rabbi, a a great teacher. Now, for the disciples of Jesus, they are there for him, and a test of a disciple would be how much they could prepare or give to their rabbi before he asked for it.
1: What does that mean? Like, like when he's getting ready to eat supper, to know that his his like uh, what do you like his mannerisms is he wants to have a his cup waiting on him and his napkin type thing? Is that what you're talking about? Like he likes to have that. you know his special kind of grape juice with with strawberries in it or something like that,
2: right? <laughs> well, if if we twist it a little bit, that I would apply. But yeah, <laughs> even more than more than that, if he is getting ready to leave by having his staff or his cloak or whatever. Mm handed for it ready for him or if he's going to make a request to do something for somebody else if you're already on the way to do it so again the emphasis is more than just being able to quote what the rabbi says Mm. but it's being able to act and behave Mm. you know i've heard people say Oh, I can tell where a guy went to preaching school. He went to Brown Trail or he went to Preston Road or he went to X, Y, Z by the way that they preached, by the way that they taught. A, per, a disciple, his number one passion is to be like his rabbi. Hmm. And so we need to have that same passion of being like Jesus.
1: Because if we're going to be a disciple.
2: Have that action, then we don't overlook the fact that even though Jesus had said, come aside and rest. When the multitude was there, he saw the multitude. He had compassion on them and gave up his rest to meet their need.
1: So what you're saying, so- your, that, that really drives home that whole point then. Like we were talking, uh, maybe you and I, and I can't remember when, you know, in John 6 when, you know, Jesus has fed the thousands and they get to the point where, you know, he sees that the people are following him just for the food and he gives this kind of discourse about except you drink my blood and eat my flesh there's no life in you and you know some of them say this is a, a hard saying you know this is who can do I mean who can do this and you brought up this point yeah right well you brought up this point that that you know this that old saying we have like you are what you eat you're supposed to become essentially right you know I know that it's a good thing because I'd be a lot of I'd be a cheeseburger or something mm-hmm. or a fried chicken by now, but uh, fried fish. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, South Mississippi—it's a lot different than the mountains of Virginia. I can promise you that. But you know, the um, that's the difference there. Then is is
0: yeah. So talk to us about a little bit about that, Gary. Just because you, you brought that up to I think both of us and before. Yeah, maybe when we were talking about setting this up. You talked about it. Yeah.
2: One of the things that I think that we miss, especially in Western society, is the idea of mentorship. Now, I'm glad to hear about leadership things and this and that, but Jesus gave us more than just his death on the cross. He gave us his life. Hmm. He gave us his life in such a way that Peter says he set an example for us. He showed us how to live. Yeah, and so what a rabbi's great desire is that you go out and you make more disciples. (laughs) Now this is seen when do you remember when Paul was to tell Timothy in Second Timothy chapter two and verse the same commitment unto faithful people who'll be able to teach others also. I know your translation says faithful men, but it's anthropos there, mankind. Right. So when Jesus says, "Go into all the world." And make the go into all the nations, make disciples. He's talking about people being what he is, sort of what he said: be holy or complete as your Father in heaven is holy. There's the whole message for us that we don't want a bunch of tape recorders sitting in our pews. Right. We want people who live like Jesus right. each day, and that's what Paul was to bring out in Ephesians. I'm preaching. I'm sorry. It's all right. You're but, fine. Go ahead. Paul brings out in Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some to be apostle, of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? Equipping of the body under ministry. Right. For how long?
1: Till we all we come, to, come the to the unity of the, of the faith. Right.
2: Fullness of the stature of Christ. Right. Until I am just like Jesus. Right. That's why I say, let this mind be in you.
1: Which was also in Christ, Christ Jesus. Yeah.
2: We're trying to conform ourselves to be like you. Do we? The truth? Yes sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. We need to make sure we're speaking the truth by all means. But what I'm about, as a disciple of Jesus, is I want people to know my Savior. So when Jesus is asked, if you remember, by whose authority do you do this? They're asking, who taught you these things? Who's your rabbi? Who gave you that authority? Because a student would say, This is a teaching, this is an understanding of the text, according to Rabbi so-and-so, Rabbi Krip, who was taught by Rabbi Robert, who was taught by Rabbi Ben, who was taught by Rabbi Hardiman. A pedigree. So, That's right. That's the authority of the word behind it. That's why it stands out in Matthew chapter 7, and the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught as one having authority, not as the scribes and the Pharisees.
1: Mm. So, so when they said that, there's, are, are you saying that the people are, when they said that, not like he taught, like the scribes and Pharisees, because they're teaching from, they're sort of uh, pulling ammo out of their case, right? So, like, I got this guy said this, this guy said that, this guy said that.
2: Rabbi Hillel taught this. Rabbi Gamaliel yeah. said this. Rabbi but but. The, the
1: people see it, and they see Jesus as the originator of it, then, is what you're saying. When he's saying, That's oh, this saying. this guy is, like, he's bringing this brand new.
2: So when they ask him, where, what's your authority, they're asking for his rashoot. Where's your preaching school graduation certificate? Who taught you those things? Hmm.
0: Gotcha. And so that makes sense to me, then, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and he says, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher from God. Because no nobody can do, can do these signs that you do unless unless he's from God, unless God's with him. But I think Nicodemus is coming to him, going, "Where's your?" He's really saying, "Where's your pedigree? Where's your authority from?"
2: Well, I I look there in John three when I see Nicodemus coming to him, and notice Nicodemus comes to him three times in his life, mm-hmm. and when he comes to Jesus, he comes and recognizes he was a great teacher,
1: right? Yeah, he would have been truth a- Israel. Yeah, he would have been one of the big dogs.
2: Right, in Israel at the time. Matter of fact, if you read back in the Talmud, there talks about a Nicodemus who was a righteous man. Right. Who was so righteous that, uh, well, that's another story. But anyway, he was expelled for his following of Yeshu, right. or the unnamed one. And, but, and a rabbi studied at nighttime. In the daytime, you're out with the people.
1: Oh, so that's why he comes... I thought this was always like a...
0: Secretive thing. Yeah, it to be yeah. an
1: espionage thing, like a... Uh, uh, Don't you, let nobody see me. Right, incognito, but that's why he does it, because they study at night, okay.
2: And mm. so when he comes to Jesus, notice his question. He asks him, you know, what is it that you have to offer? What is it that you have to teach me? And notice what Jesus said. If you look there, you see... Jesus' response about water and blood. And what's the water and blood? We're not going to talk about baptism and the blood of Jesus. But he is pointing to himself. He says you must be born again. You've got to go back to that relationship. And I think there's where we mess up sometimes. When Jesus is saying you've got to go back to the relationship that you had with God in the beginning. You know, Jesus came to seek what did he said in Luke chapter 19, verse 11. He, he came to seeking to save that which was lost i might i suggest for your consideration that what was lost was more than just our physical body but the relationship we had with god before sin entered the picture hmm. that's what he came to restore hmm. and so when we look at discipleship discipleship is all about helping people to be back united with god hmm. complete perfect as your father in heaven is
0: yeah, I, this is a this amazing thing. You think about uh, think about Jesus being the the Christ, and he's the one to follow. And I would think, okay, well, if I were to follow a teaching of a certain rabbi, then that that puts some that puts some weight on my shoulders as far as being a, a follower of him. But I, I, what I find interesting is is who Jesus picked to follow him, and and who was willing to follow him and and he shows us that when he picks Peter James and John to to start with that that he's willing to accept me with how I am just as I am we sing that song all the time and 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 he's willing to accept me and but but that's to me that's a on on another note is one is is it's amazing how much Christ will accept us to 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 follow him as our master as our rabbi as our teacher but the other thing is is that man that that puts a he accepts me, but then it, it, it he's too good to leave me the way that I came to him whenever I truly follow him that it, it I want to be so much like him I want to be like the master um, and I just I don't know those are some things that were hitting me in my mind about
2: uh, you, you were referring to John chapter six and it says and they this is a hard state who can bear these things and they turned and walked away from him and walk with him no more notice jesus did not chase them down he let them walk a matter of fact he turned to the disciples that were left and says do you want to leave also
1: now, who he can did we go not to change right
2: right he did not change his message the same thing you remember the story of the rich young ruler yeah mm-hmm. good teacher what must i do i've done all this he said "Go and say all you have come follow me the man walked away, but Mark's count walked away sorrowful, for he had many riches. Jesus let him walk. He Verse 21 me. says he loved him, but he let him walk. He did not change his message or expectations. And there's where there's where it's for us that we have to, even as you and I are as preachers, we have to pay close attention because have you ever considered if we look at the 12 apostles, you know when they were sent out on the limited commission, they had the power to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out demons. Now, if you consider that, and you consider that, who was that? That's the 12, including Judas.
0: Right. Now,
2: I don't know that Judas healed anybody or raised anybody from the dead or cast out a demon, but he was at the very least present when it was taking place. And he betrays Jesus, and Peter, one of the inner three, denies Jesus. What a call for our own examination of our own discipleship, yes. our own following.
1: You know what's a blessing I think about Gary with that is, and when I, when Bob was, this is why I have to segment your lessons and put them all by themselves because, you know, I'm thinking about this like when when my, when I'm doing so, when my boys. I'm working with my boys and they're doing something. And when we get done with whatever we're doing, my oldest one has been doing this long enough now to where, when he thinks we're done, he says, "Daddy, are we going to clean up and put the tools up now?" Because he knows that's the last thing we're going to do. Oh yeah. And so he knows that that we're not going to we're not done until we're going to clean up and put the tools up. Well, you know, my youngest one or my middle one or whatever, especially the youngest one, he's ready to peel out. You know, once we're done doing something, he's ready to go inside and pile up on the couch. Right? We done We done? Right? I'm hungry. And and you know, I think about this and and what a blessing it is to know that that whenever I'm the one that peels out, you know, like like I, I know that Aid my oldest one was the youngest one at one point. And so no matter what, the youngest one can still become that way. And I, I can become that person. I can become the one that when Aiden when we get done, he just knows what's expected of him now. And it's because he's done it for so long and the youngest one, he's still learning what's expected of him. And I'm just so thankful that that my rabbi, that our master is a king that understands me and understands that I have a long way to go, and he's going to be patient with me and willing to work with me. Amen. What a blessing. Well,
2: you know, one of the things that has stood out in my mind, and I'll confess to you a little bit. You know, in James chapter 3, and verse 1, it says, Let not many of you be teachers, for they shall incur upon themselves stricter condemnation. Mm-hmm. I, that verse has almost got me out of preaching multiple times. Amen. But, but here's how I've, I've come to deal with it. If my Lord decides not to save me because of myself, because of my sin, because of my unfaithfulness, he will not have to look very far to find a reason not to save me. <laughs> but if God sent his son to die for his creation, And if God can use a jawbone of a donkey, if he can use a donkey, if he can use a stick to accomplish his will, then surely he can use a heart who wants to be used by him. And it's by God's grace anyway that I will have my salvation, not because of how good of a person I am.
0: Man, that's pretty, that's deep. That's right. And when you think about being the teachers, they're, if if I'm trying to if I'm trying to get people to follow me, then then uh you know there's no there's no hope you right. know and then I'm I'm flawed, but when is that because te- you're a Tennessee fan? No, oh. it's when we're that's I mean that is a flaw. All right, but I mean, <laughs> I've got I've got worse I've got worse flaws than, than just being a Tennessee fan. But that that's the whole point is we want to lead people to Christ. We want to lead people to that to that Master, as you were saying a minute ago, um and. And so I think about that with teaching is one is I, I don't want to be judgmental. And then the second thing is I, I just want to be compassionate, but then I want to be accurate and showing them truly what the master's like. But, Gary, if, if you had to what, – what's something that you think that we as a society, we in the church, overall, when we read the Bible, what's something you think that we miss when it comes to discipleship? I
2: don't believe or I don't perceive that a lot of people have the passion to follow Jesus. That It's too easy to go through the rudiments of behavior and disconnect our hearts and the passion from it. Uh, A personal pet peeve of mine is and I hope I'm not slapping you too because I don't think I am because I think I know you, (laughs) but I know preachers who look at their life as a job. Well, I went to the office. Well, I went to the hospital. Well, I prepared my lessons. all these things, and now uh, I've done my job. I get paid for my job. I want you to know I'm not a hireling. John 10 says a hireling cares not for the sheep. Mm, I, I'm convinced that a disciple, a follower of Jesus, cares for the sheep, cares for the work, cares for the, what matters to the master?
0: Yeah, it's a lifestyle. And,
2: well, it is my life. That's, that's yeah, you're it. always on that's the clock. Life. Right. And uh, I'm thankful the Lord allows me to be supported while I get to serve him. Amen. But, you know, I'd still be preaching and teaching if I wasn't able to be supported. I'd still want to share the good news of Jesus and be like him because his love. That we give to others is what He wanted uh, wants us to demonstrate, manifest before the world. Uh, I mean, First John talks about the whole concept of our love for the world and one another. And what did Jesus say in John chapter thirteen? Remember, a new commandment I give unto you, verse yeah, thirty four: "Love goodbye. one another." And by this, all men will know no. you are my disciples.
1: Indeed, brother Gary, listen. We we have got four more hours of this ahead of us if we don't stop. So, we need to we need to put a we need to pump the brakes on this thing today, and um, you know next week is Thanksgiving, and so we hope that everybody will enjoy their time with their families and be thankful the most for the for the fact that they've got a place made for them in heaven. And so, Brother Gary, we hope that you'll join us again, and we'd like to continue this conversation, and we'll probably have to take a week off for Thanksgiving, and then we'll pick back up the week after that. Would that be okay?
2: Yes, sir. I, if I can serve y'all or the Brotherhood Christ in any way, please feel free to call me. Well, Amen. you're
1: so awesome. Thanks, Brother. We appreciate it so brother much. Brother Gary, we appreciate you. Hey, we thank you, all you guys, for tuning in with us today. And
0: this is... The Unscripted Podcast.